What's going on guys? Welcome here to another episode of the Survivor Analyst Podcast. I'm your host Josh Mims and I am so excited for this episode because this is part one of a part two episode where we break down uh, the cast for season 40 uh, Survivor Winners at War. And with me here, as always, to help me break down each of these people on both of these tribes, Dustin King. Dustin, how's it going? I It is going pretty well. I am super excited. Um, I was just uh, doing the burning and like dabbing and finger guns, dancing around in my chair because I'm so excited <laughs> to be talking about this. <laughs> so, you know, you know, DK chilling and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so yeah so how this is going to work was we're gonna actually going to break this down because there's going to be a lot to kind of get into with each of these players and uh, so we're just going to break this down into uh, we're going to cover the the call tribe first and then in the next part or the second podcast after this we're going to be covering everybody that's on the Seeley. i hope that's how that's pronounced but uh the Seeley or the Blue Tribe, uh, that'll be part two. All right, so for this, we're going to be talking about the DeKal Tribe, and uh, we're going to be talking um, of each of these players in alphabetical order by their first name. So our first person we're going to be talking about is none other than Amber Mariano, the wife of Boston Rob, and she is back. This will be her third time playing Survivor. Yes, this will be our third time playing Survivor. Um, when we first were introduced to Amber Mariano, or Amber Burkrich, as it was in the Australian Outback, that was season two. That is the, you know, she that's the oldest season that someone has that is on this current season, was all the way back in season two. The next person would be Ethan when he was on uh, season three originally, but yeah, she's... She's bringing it back old school. She's all the way from season two. She was back on Survivor All-Stars in which she won. And that was season eight. So it's been a long time for uh, a long like layover time for Amber for her to come back and start playing Survivor again. Yeah, I'm really interested to see because uh, like, okay, so we we both kind of sat down and watched the interviews that uh, et canada released right to kind of prepare for this and get a at least for me kind of get to know the people because i haven't watched all the seasons that all these people were in um so josh do you think that it is a um a blessing or a hindrance for her that uh her husband is um uh, I guess in this, like, do you think she's going to kind of just hide behind him or do you think she's actually going to play a better social game? I, I say better. Like I, I don't like, like I said, I, I didn't watch that season. Um, so yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I think this is one of the more interesting stories that we have going into this season is that we have, Amber and Rob, who met on Survivor All-Stars, they got engaged at the live finale, you know, and, and they've been married this whole time. They have four kids, and now they're 
both out here competing you know there's only going to be one survivor so or one you know winner so uh yeah and i think for her um having rob out here is gonna be like a double-edged sword she's got that person out here who she knows a hundred percent that she can trust you know but you know they're on different tribes and also uh that's a huge target on both of their backs because when going into a game like survivor and you have that one other person you know they're a package deal they're going to have two people that they know are going to be together and so that's a huge target that's a huge threat i mean this could end up being like survivor all-stars too because they well what happened with there they were on the same tribe to start off with and i think having them starting off on different tribes is going to affect you know how the other members on each of their tribes interact with them because for amber i think her best bet is to is for either boston rob to go out to edge of extinction first because i think i feel like for amber the greatest the reason why she would have a huge target is just because boston rob's out here if it was just her because she hadn't played in so long and she's played kind of like this old school game and i feel like if it was just her out here she wouldn't have that big of a target on her back right so what okay so in my head while you were talking i envisioned something right um so i i do know this um there was a season where i guess it was i know rob almost won it um but amber was there and like while the other tribe was going away you know they got separated um rob was like hey you know scratch my back i'll scratch yours if you keep amber around you know don't vote her off um what but like in my head like what if somebody reverses that what if they're like all right rob i uh at the next tribal council you go to get them to vote this person off or we're all voting amber off next time like how likely do you think something like that is to happen like but i mean also that would be super interesting i think like the drama i could just envision it now <laughs> yeah i never thought about it in the flip reverse where they could actually you know weaponize the other person like oh well you know you better go with us or we're just going to vote out amber or you know amber you better go with us or we're just going to vote out rob I never thought about it in that way. Right. Um, yeah, that's an interesting, an interesting take. I, I honestly think that I don't think there's any way where both of them makes to merge. To be honest with you, I feel like they're just going to be a huge target with both of them in the game, and I feel like the best chance for either one of them would be that if one of them goes out early, and then that's going to decrease their threat level and give the other one the best chance of making it further in the game and i feel like personally for it would be way better for amber for boston rob to leave than it would be for amber to leave and then and then leave boston rob in the game because i feel like boston rob is he's still going to have that huge threat level um a huge a bigger threat level in the game even with amber leaving Right. I think 
I think you're right. Like, because this is going to be Edge of Extinction and nobody's going to go home once they get voted out, that, like, if either of them have to get voted out, like, strategically, um, I think you're right. Rob should be the one to take the fall because I, I say this, like, I'm assuming a lot here. Uh, how good was Amber at challenges? Was Rob better at challenges than she is, or are they pretty even? Yeah. Like, because my thinking is that Rob probably stands a better chance of winning his way back into the game, and then they would be able to work together, like that way. If they, if you know, if we're, you know, if uh, neither, you know, they don't make it to merge together. Yeah. I- Definitely Boston Rob is the better challenge uh, challenge beast between the two. Like in All-Stars, he won a lot. I think he won five immunity challenges in All-Stars. Um, no, maybe not. Uh, but anyways, he, he did win a fair... Like he is, out of those two, he's definitely the bigger challenge threat. And I feel like the, another kind of storyline for Amber would be that for the season she won in All-Stars, a lot of people would say that the only reason why she got there was that she rode the coattails of Boston Rob. And so I feel like she wants to come out here and really prove herself and say, like, hey, you know, yeah, I had Boston Rob with me in All-Stars, but, you know, I'm like I'm a deserving winner. I won All Stars in my own right. It wasn't because Boston Rob, uh, you know, I was just following him the whole way and just riding his coattails, and that I had, you know, I, I won it with my own merits. And I feel like that's gonna be another thing that's really gonna drive her is that she really wants to prove herself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like, not to overshadow amber you know since they're married it's kind of like you talk about them together uh but not to overshadow amber with boston rob um what do you think aside from teaming up with her husband what do you think amber needs to do like what what do you think is the best possible way that she could play the game to come out with a win well i think what she needs to do is I think she needs to steer into the curve because, I mean, it's been a long time since she's played the game. The game of Survivor since Season 8 has evolved so much. We've seen back then, they didn't have idols. They didn't have hidden immunity idols. They didn't have, you know, idol nullifiers, extra votes, any, like, advantages or anything. Like, they didn't have any of that. And I feel like her best bet is to kind of play up, like, you know, she's clueless to the game, and so she's, her threat level's so small, like, who's wanting to get, who's wanting to get rid of Amber, who, you know, when she played, there wasn't any of these idols or advantages and stuff, and I feel like if she really plays into that and plays like, oh, I, you know, I'm clueless, like, this is a whole new world to me, I feel like it lowers her threat level, and people are going to want to keep her in the game thinking, you know, like she's she doesn't really catch on to this new game era where it's a lot faster pace and there's a lot of more twists and advantages. Okay, okay. So, just how how cutthroat do you think 
like if she needs to be super cutthroat like okay say say her and rob both make it to merge and she needs like a way just to prove to everybody that she she's down to, you know she's down to be in the alliance like do you think she votes rob out oh like if need be because like I, like i think like if you're there right you, and it's down and you you know the numbers the numbers are shrinking for you and you know it's you and your husband i mean everybody's already won and they're going to share the money if amber makes it manages to win the game i think like like sorry not sorry <laughs> got to do this forever you know for the good of our family you know that kind of thing and like flips on rob and just votes him out like that i think i would respect that move like i would be mad if i was rob but i would like i would also respect it yeah so, like i'm just i'm re- ready to see just how loyal like if they can not necessarily set aside their marriage but like you know keep that this is a game in mind and if they're going to be willing to you know i guess put the game over their marriage i don't i don't know i don't know how i'm not wording that the best way but do you think she will do that i don't think so i don't think i don't think you know amber would vote out boston rob and i don't think boston rob would vote out amber i don't see that happening um what do you think it justin you know I, you got me thinking about it like what do you think would be more likely? Do you think it would be more more likely that Amber would vote out Boston Rob or Boston Rob vote out Amber? Uh, Rob would definitely vote out Amber before Amber voted out Rob, I think. Like, 100%. There's, I don't know, Rob just seems like too much of a player. So. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think? I, I mean. Yeah, I mean. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't I can see that but I mean in in the grand scheme of things like I don't I don't see that like this that chances of that happening are like slim to none in my eyes like I like I could almost guarantee that that's not going to happen right so you don't like even if even if like they manage to make it the merge and somehow the numbers aren't in their favor and one of them is going home and Maybe maybe they like talk it out and they're like, okay, I'll take the strategical hit. You know, I'll I'm fine if you flip on me, um, just so that one of us can stay in the game, and you know that that big play propels propels one of them forward. Like, oh, okay, we can we can trust this person. I think, but in the this hypothetical scenario, it would need to be Amber. I don't think people necessarily want to keep Rob that around that late in the game. That seems really dangerous. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I think if the situation is right, it could happen. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's as, as, um, unlikely as people might think, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I want to see it. Like, I think it would be entertaining. Yeah, in that scenario, that would be the only scenario that I really 
see that happening where and 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 like you said i would it would be more advantageous to both of them for boston rob to be voted out because number one the rest of the people are, they're not stupid they're not going to bring boston rob to the end um, they would rather bring amber to the end than boston rob and also with edge of extinction in the play it's better for both boston rob and amber for Boston Rob to go to the edge of extinction because he's got a greater chance of winning the challenge to get back into the game to rejoin Amber. So, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Okay. Um. So I guess like final thing I want to ask you about Amber, who in her tribe do you think she may be most likely to uh, form an alliance with right out the gate? Okay, yeah, I've been looking into this to like see what kind of connections that they have. So on her tribe, she has no direct connections, but like she hasn't personally played with anybody that's on the uh, the call tribe. But through Boston Rob, Boston Rob has played with Tyson, and I know outside the game, Boston Rob and Tyson are like best buds, and you know, obviously, Boston Rob has a connection with Sandra through Islands of the Idols, and plus they were in an alliance together on Heroes versus Villains, so they have a connection. So I feel like, you know, through osmosis, she has to have some kind of relationship with uh, Tyson and Sandra, whether that's good or bad, because I know no one, you know, if Boston Rob knew that he was coming out here and Amber, he knew it had to be like a winter season. And obviously they're going to have to bring back Sandra. So, you know, he he filled Amber in on Sandra. So if, if anything, she's going to know a little bit about Sandra and her game and all that. So I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Amber's best bet may be to... Um, she just needs to go with the flow. If people, you know, she needs to just lay low, try to go under the radar, play stupid, and there, there's some big threats on her tribe. I mean, there's Sandra, there's Tony, there's Tyson, and uh, Kim Spradlin. There's a lot of huge targets out there. Why would anybody want to waste a vote? getting amber out when they can get some of these bigger targets out and she just needs to go with the flow go with the majority and get some of these bigger targets out and i think that would be her best bet okay so you you earlier you were talking about how you know in this game maybe she wants to prove that she didn't just piggyback on boston rob success do you i think i mean if that's if that's what you think how she should play and i'm i'm not i don't have any reason to disagree um again because i didn't i haven't watched any of the seasons she was in um do you think she should play up the fact that you know people think she kind of just rode boston rob's coattails like and be like you know i'm not really that strong of a player and you know that that kind of thing yeah a little bit and it's See that kind of gameplay is it's it's hard for someone like that who's playing that type of game to I mean, it's not hard for them to make it to the end but it's hard for them to make it to that you know to the finals and then be able to pitch their game to the jury like 
oh, it was a, you know, it was strategic for me to kind of downplay my threat level, to downplay that, you know, I know how the game is played. Because, you know, obviously her and Boston Rob have been watching the show since, you know, since the very beginning. They, they studied the game. They've, they know all about the twist and the turns and the advantages. You know, she's just got to downplay, you know, it's tough to kind of pitch that type of gameplay and win, win uh, the votes in the end. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I think, I don't think, like, that's a complete, you know, terrible way, because, like, there are people on her team who use people as, you know, kind of, quote-unquote, meat shields, apparently, from the interviews that I watched, um, so they kind of, like, also downplayed themselves, uh, in in some regard, and they still managed to win, you know, like, they kept, quote-unquote, bigger threats around, uh, to use as sacrificial pawns, yeah, so, I don't, I don't know, I don't think, I, I mean, like, if she does absolutely nothing in the game, then yeah, then yeah, for sure, 100%, there's no way that, you know, you can pitch that, but, you know, if she's, doing like a meat shield kind of strategy and also making you know under the radar big plays i think uh, you know i don't think that's necessarily a bad strategy for her to take at least at least to merge so you ready to move on to kim now or yeah just one last note on on amber is that uh, Dalton Ross with Entertainment Weekly, he did a thing, kind of like a little mini game with each of the contestants where he gave them a slip of paper and he told them to write down the first person that they would want to see gone from the uh, from the game. And Amber, she wrote down Sandra's name and Sandra's on this tribe, so she may be trying to throw a target on to Sandra to get her out. And I feel like a lot of it is, a lot of that is based on what Boston Rob told her from their time on Islands of the Idol. Yeah. Oh, that's, this is going to be a really fun first episode. Like, oh man. Being the first voted <laughs> out on the old winter season. Uh, talk about suck. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. All right, so let's get into our second person here. We have the winner of Survivor One World, Kim Spradlin-Wolf. And uh, Kim Spradlin, this is... I'm excited to see her back. I've always wanted to see her back since she won One World. She's considered to be one of the most dominant uh, Survivor wins of all time. Um She's consistently ranked at the top of the best Survivor players. In Survivor One World, she had this group of women that she that she had, and everybody, every each one of them thought like, "Oh, she's my ride or die. She's the person I'm going to the finals with her," and she just dominated that whole game. It was very reminiscent of Boston Rob's game in Redemption Island, where it's from start to finish. She just dominated, and because of that, you know, I think that paints a huge target on her back because in these videos, in this interview through uh, ET Canada, 
you know, the interviewer asked him, like, you know, besides yourself, who had the best Survivor win? And a lot of them threw out Kim's name out there, which, you know, that tells me that a lot of them see her as a huge game player. Hmm. So, okay, and again, my noobness is showing. Um, I haven't watched this one. Uh, I plan on one day sitting down and watching all the survivors to learn. Um, so you were talking about her like social game. Uh, was it was it purely social, or did she also was she also a uh, challenge freak, or what? Like, t- was she kind of like Tommy was last season? Everybody wanted to be her friend, but she didn't really do that great in challenges, or she just dominant all the way around, or or what? She was dominant all the way around with, you know, the whole the whole gamut, the best social game, the best strategic, the best like she was, you know, she kicked tail in those challenges. Like she she was very strong. I think she won the last few challenges you know, earned her this title as one of the best players to ever play the game because she she just dominated. So were there any more like notable players, like any returnees, uh, in the season that she was in that she also just kinda like stamped on, stomped on? No, and One World was all it was just all newbie season. So these were all just first time players. Okay. And so there wasn't any returnees in there. One of the things that people are saying is that, you know, Kim, she, you know, everything pretty much went to her plan. Like, she, she never really had any opposition. She was never playing from the bottom. She wasn't the underdog. She would just dominated the whole season. And so people are saying, like, hey, she's never had the experience of what it's like to be down in the numbers or having to scramble to get the votes to 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 make it another tribal council and so that's a kind of like a knock against her in a way yeah i can see that like if if you go in and you're just kind of spoon-fed everything just i mean again not to knock her social game because you know you have to make those kind of connections um like i could see that like i don't know but see with that said though she just kind of dominated challenges uh, immunity challenges, then you can't really be like, well, she she never had to really fight from the bottom uh, because she, it, I mean, they if she hadn't won those cha- uh, those immunity challenges, you know, they very well could have been like, okay, yeah, she's really dangerous. We need to vote her out like right now, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. I that though since. This is the all-winter season, um, and everybody is, like, I think everybody's a lot more suspicious of everybody. Um, she's she's not going to have an, a, as easy as a time, and easy of a time, um, just manipulating everybody and being best friends with everybody. I don't see anybody really being able to play that kind of game. I mean, if they can, then, you know, kudos to them, but... I would be surprised. Her interviews, she definitely, she she knows she's has a huge target on her back. Like, she knows that. So she's, she definitely knows that, 
all she's got to do is kind of just just survive like the first few tribal councils build connections with people and then she'll be set but that's the thing she has to be able to survive she has to be she has to overcome this most dominant survivor winner ever you know she's got to overcome that perception that everybody has of her and she's got to just last long enough that she can get enough connections with people to make inroads and be able to navigate the game. I think it would be smart of her. Like, that's a connection I feel like she can build with Sandra because, like, those two, at least from what it sounds like, I've, you know, I've thought this of Sandra before because she's won, she's already won it two times, um, that she is a very, very dominant player. Um, and if people think of Kim that way, you know, I think it would be smart on both their ends to kind of build an, either build an alliance or play up the other, the other, like I could see it going either way. Like one of them would be like, like, Hey, you know, we're, we're both fantastic at this game and people think of us as really big threats. We should, uh, team up or on the other hand, Kim could be like, yeah, but you know, Sandra's right there. She, she won twice, you know, I only won once, and, you know, the people I played with are maybe a little more weak-minded than others, and Bob, you know, maybe, I don't know, I don't know, it would, it'd be interesting, I, but I, I think, I could see that happening, though, her and Sandra, uh, ending up kind of forming an alliance. I could see that happening, too, I feel like a lot of these people that have huge targets on their back, are going to have to set their egos aside and really learn to work together because I think it's so tempting for them to like throw the other one under the bus when really they more than likely they should work together if they want to all get towards the end because if you're going to throw another huge target under the bus eventually you're going to be getting rid of all the huge targets until you're the only one and then you you're the only huge target left in the game and people are going to want to get rid of you um so with that said do you think and like i don't want to accidentally offend anybody but do you think um kim is going to try to make an all woman's alliance again with her tribe mates or do you think she's going to try and step away from that? I feel like she knows that people are going to be super wary of her doing that because that's what she did the first time. Um, I, I think Kim Kim's just, I think she's going to be like, whoever's willing to work with me, that's good. I'm, you know, I'm just here to survive. That's what I think she's going to be doing. Like, I'm just here to last it long enough so I can get enough connections to have, you know, a set alliance to navigate through the merge and to the finals with. Because she knows she's got a huge target on her back. Okay. So, like, I've thrown out Sandra. Who do you think that she's going to try and form an alliance with? Like, yeah, just looking at it. I could see her working with Sophie. I could see her working with Amber, and I, I can also see see her working with Sandra. If uh, I, you know, it just depends on who's willing to work with her. Really, I think when I'm when I was looking back at like 
what kind of connections she has. You know, she's she's only a one-time player. She won her first season, One World, and so she hasn't played with any of these other players. But I know she does a lot of like poker events and stuff like that. So I know she's been with Tyson. That's on her tribe. I know she's uh, did like a poker TV thing with him. And I know she's done it with Jeremy and Boston Rob. So she she has some connections. But, you know, a lot of these like pregame relationships and stuff or a lot of those, you can't really trust them. And you just have to rely only on what happens on the island once you get there. Well, I'm excited to see, uh, I, and I quote, uh, one of the, if not the most dominant player in a season play. I'm looking forward to it as a fan. Yeah, that's going to be <laughs> one of the hugest questions. Can Kim do it again? That's going to be a, the big question. Um, one last thing on Kim is that her Dalton Ross vote for the first person she would like to see voted out the season she wrote down Sarah. So, but Sarah, yes, oh, Sarah's. Oh, that's on her team. Yep, Sarah's on her tribe, so she may want to get rid of her. Well, I wonder why. Did she specify? Well, on that note, she says she tries, it says <laughs> in parentheses, she tries too effing hard, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, she's one of those kind of people. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that I'm gonna like Kim's uh, personality then, uh, or maybe, or maybe she's just being bluntly honest, and I won't like Sarah's personality. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Okay, so we're gonna move on to our third person on the Decal Tribe, and that will be the winner of Survivor: David versus Goliath. Nick Wilson, Dustin's favorite player this season. I hate Nick. So much. Like, okay, so in the last episode, like, I I was like, yeah, you know, I caught the end of the season and maybe I just missed out on it. And, you know, I'm sure he's a great person, but he just looks so annoying. And he, like, at the end, he, he, he you know, I, I remember him when he was making his appeal to the judges or the jury and he was like you know i did that i you know i don't like he was just way too overconfident and it bothers me and yeah it's probably all unfounded i will admit (laughs) but i do not like him (laughs) you know everybody's got to have their their people that they root for and the people that they they hate that's all a part of it so Nick Wilson is the newest winner. He's the latest winner to be on this season. And so not a lot of, so, well, here's the deal is that these players, they're, they're like, his game was kind of the last one that they've seen before going out here and playing. And so he's fresh on their minds. Like, and this is a guy who found idols and had advantages and all that. And so a, a lot of people are saying like this is an advantage for him because he's he's in this new era of the game where where he knows how these things work. He knows how the idols work. He knows all these advantages and twists to the game. And so that kind of gives him an edge um going into this season. See, that's, that was the thing. Whenever I was watching the interviews, uh, 
the woman that was interviewing them, they were like, so what do you think about the game evolving and all that? And I'm, I'm like, I don't, like, unless they just did not watch at all, I don't, I don't really, I really, really don't think it's that big of a deal, um, having been there and experienced the quote-unquote, like, or is the most recent, you know, newest kind of form of the game, um, I don't know. I, I I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, um, because like when you just go out there and you find an idol, uh, you find the advantage or you win one or this and that, and they give you a piece of paper that tells you how to use it. I don't <laughs> like the only thing that I will say that I think has has changed and will probably be a little bit harder is just the speed of the game and how unloyal people are because they're everybody at least in the past few seasons seem to like okay i need to i need to make a big play right now you know I, I need to get this person out right now or you know just to try to make themselves look big like blind side after blind side after blind side so yeah anyway that just that's me i'm gonna step off my little soapbox <laughs> now but <laughs> um yeah. So I don't. I really don't know that I think it's going to be that big of an advantage for him. I will say though that, um, in his interview, he I think he made a good point. Uh, he hasn't had a chance to build the outside connections, and unlike Josh, I think those outside connections will um play heavy into the game at least at the start. Um, and um. So him, he was like, yeah, you know, I can play the free agent. And I think that will be a good, really good position for him to find himself in. Uh, I think if he plays that right, it could be really advantageous for him. So, Yeah. And I, I have to disagree. I feel like it's a huge advantage that he's, he's been in that situation with like, I think it's one thing to sit there and watch it on TV, someone finding an advantage. But to be in the moment and to be in there, to have that feeling of, oh, I need to play this advantage then and how it works, I feel like I feel like it's an advantage uh, more so than, I mean, yeah, everybody knows what, the, what type of advantages and twists have been played. But I feel like it's an advantage if you how to find one. If you found one in this newer era, then you're going to know what to look for when you're out there on the island. Oh, last time I found an idol because I saw some colored twine that was on a vine or something. Some of the newer player or some of the older players are going to have that, maybe have that in the, in their back of their mind. Like, Yeah, but like he learned it in one season, you know, as he went along. They can do the same just as easily. Uh, I will say another advantage that I think he has is the fact that they're they're in Fiji, right? It's the yeah. same place that it's been for the last few seasons. So I think him being in a familiar place, that will be beneficial to him. You know, just as far as like looking and finding things, um, that would help. But again, with the fire coins or coins and stuff, I don't, whatever they're going to be called that they're introducing, like it's a whole new twist. So everybody gets to learn that. So I don't, I think even with 
you know, the experience that he had from his previous season with this new twist that they're adding in on top of Edge of Extinction. I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't see it being that advantageous for him. But, I mean, we'll see. I could, if I'm wrong, then I'll do nothing except admit that I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned this um, strategy that he wants to go into the game with as the free agent. And I feel like that's a smart move for him to make because, you know, he is the new person on the block. He hasn't had time to build all these connections and relationships with all these different people like the rest of them have. The rest of them have been some of the old school players have been going to charity events and all these survivor events together for years. And so they've had time to develop these relationships and he hasn't. And so for him to come in and be like, you know what guys, I'm like, I'm just a new guy. I'm just here. I don't have anybody. So why get rid of me when you got some of these people in here who have three or four of their buddies on this season. And so I feel like that's a good move for him to make. And also, he mentioned that he wanted to do like a meat shield strategy, similar to what Jeremy uh, pulled off in Second Chances. And I feel like that's kind of a strong strategy to go with, but you don't want to keep too many of them in at the same time. I think that is a smart move because you got to, it always puts the target off of you on, on the someone else. Yeah, but as like with these players, though, that can be really dangerous because they're all really good players and like if they even get a hint of that's what you're doing to them they they would very well i think be, uh immediately uh kick you off or vote you out yeah i think that's one of the things he needs to be cautious about some of these players if you have a chance to get rid of them you better take your shot when you got the chance exactly you know i get wanting to keep sandra around or whatever because she's a threat and and is a really good player and all that, but you know, you keep around too long, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna find yourself on a you know in a really bad situation. Yep. So uh, I don't know. So one of Nick Wilson's things from his season in uh, David versus Goliath is that he had some nicknames for his alliance. Do you think that he's gonna do this again this time? I completely missed those that sounds just <laughs> stupid though like, um, <laughs> like like if i was in alliance with him and he was like yeah dude let's name it this and i I would just look at him like what <laughs> okay well yeah sure call it that if you want i don't care i don't i don't know like it's i feel like i would respond to that the same way that i respond to some of nicholas's bad jokes at work again i i'm sure this dude is a good dude but and i'm i'm i don't mean to sound like i hate him but i, I think i kind of do <laughs> i don't like what would be the point what would be the point in naming naming your alliances just to try and build yeah this we're, we're super close like is, is that was that the strategy behind naming them yeah i think that's the strategy i feel like it if we're a name then we're 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 a group and we're together i think that means i think that's what he's trying to do when he's yeah. nicknaming these alliances is that oh we're we're a group and we're together and tries to build kind of a sense of camaraderie 
and within the alliance. I know he mentioned in the video that he was like, uh, I'm probably not going to do that this time, which I think is a smart move. Um, he said, unless someone really wants him to name it, but I don't, I don't really see that happening. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Okay. I, if that was his thinking, then that, you know, that I will give him credit that that was smart because like, I get that mentality around here. Um, so we're, me and Josh live in the South and football is really, really big here. And you could not even know a person uh, where we live. And if like you and that person both have on, you know, say Georgia t-shirts, Georgia Bulldog t-shirts or something like I've seen people just walk up to complete strangers and just high five each other and be like, go dogs. Just, just based solely on the fact that they're both wearing Georgia uh, paraphernalia. So I guess if that was what he was thinking by doing that, then, you know, I, I will concede that was pretty smart. Just one last thing with Nick Wilson is that in Dalton Ross's kind of game where he told him to write down, we haven't seen Nick's come out yet, but we did see Ethan. and But Ethan's not on his tribe, but Ethan wrote down Nick's name um, as the person he would like to see gone out first. Hmm. I wonder why. Well, what well, he wrote on on that slip of paper that old school crushes new school. I feel like that's probably why he did that. <laughs> okay. All right. So okay. let's move on to our fourth person here on the Decal Tribe, and it is the only two-time winner of Survivor, winner of Survivor Pearl Islands, Heroes versus Villains. The Queen stays Queen, Sandra Diaz Twine. Yay, all hail the queen. Long live the queen. Long live the queen. <laughs> I'm really excited to get to see Sandra play. She just seems like such a feisty person and I you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate like she's super straightforward and uh, you know, aside from like lying about strategies and stuff, but like personality wise she seems super straightforward and she seems pretty kind. And I just, I really enjoy, I think I would really enjoy Sandra as a person, like the opposite of Nick. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's, that's the, that's the reason why she's a two time winner is that she's not afraid to tell it how it is. Like if she, if she loves you, she's going to let you know. And if she hates you, yeah, you're definitely going to know about it. And I feel like her openness and her, just the way she is, that's why people love her. And that's why people voted for her. To have a million dollars, not only once but twice. Twice, dude. You like they're playing for two million dollars, and she already got it. Like <laughs> she's trying to get four million dollars off this show. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. So with that, with that said, though, um, personally, like as much as I love Sandra, and think that she's a great player, uh, if I was on this tribe. I would try my hardest, like, straight out the gate to be like, guys, if we lose, I want Sandra gone first. Like, that that would be, like, I think she is way too good of a player. You, there's no reason to keep her around for any kind of period of time. I, not, that I, not that I could think of. I, I, I think Amber is right. 
uh, with the little thing that she wrote down, first person, easily the biggest threat, prop, I, I think, anyways, to get out the game, 100%. Yeah, she has a huge target, a huge, huge target on her back. I don't think nobody is going to let her sneak by and, you know, win for a third time. Yeah, I, her, what she talks about, in some of her interviews, is that she knows she's got a huge target, and she she said that she hopes for the best but prepares for the worst, just like she did with Game Changers. You know, she just had a huge target on her back, and they got her out pre-merge in Game Changers. But Sandra Diaz Twine, her game often, you know, her main strategy is anybody but me. You know, anybody but me, and I feel like her what she's talked about in some of these interviews is that. She she says that the big targets, the huge targets, the Boston Robs, the Kim Spradlins, the Tonys, like they need to band together and watch each other's backs because it's going to be too tempting for all these other winners to try to like gang up and get those people voted out. So she's, I think her strategy is going to be to kind of get all the huge targets together and uh, and work with them to get further in the game. So, that means she's. You think she's going to uh, try and align herself with Kim and probably Amber, just so by proxy she also aligns herself with Boston Rob. Well, I think the thing with Amber is like, you know, with that Dalton that Dalton Ross thing, like San, like Amber wrote down Sanders' name as the first person she that's, would yeah, want yeah, gone. That's true. And so I feel like. So do you think that means Boston Rob ha- does not want to even slide us team up with Sandra? That's what I think. I think. Like, do you think those feelings are mutual? Yeah, I think he's that scared of Sandra that he doesn't want to work with her because during that time on Islands of the Idols, they were out there analyzing each other, and apparently they both see each other as a huge, huge threat enough that. They it seems to me like they don't want to work with each other, so that's interesting. But when I'm looking at people on her tribe and on all the other tribes, like what kind of connections she has, she has several connections here in the game. And on her tribe, she has played with Tyson, Tony, and Sarah, and um, she was in alliance with Tyson on Heroes versus Villains, so that could be someone that. An, an old ally that she has with her on the, the call tribe now. Right, but you also said that Tyson and Rob are super close, so I think Amber and Tyson, or, yeah, Tyson, uh, team up, and if Amber and Tyson, you know, are in alliance, then do you think he just kind of folds to what Amber wants to do? And... It's like, yeah, okay, we'll vote Sandra out. Maybe. I think Tyson, I think it could be tempting for him to do that, but I feel like I don't think it's necessarily these pregame alliances are going to make. I think what's going to happen is that even if you've had some of these pregame relationships outside the game, that it's not going to be clear as what's going to happen until you get on the island and you see what shakes out when you're out there. So I don't necessarily think yeah. that it may work out that way where, oh, 
Tyson and Sandra, they're going to be best buds and work together. Or, well, Tyson's best buds with Boston Rob, which means he's got to be in good with Amber. I don't necessarily think that that would be the case. See, yeah, but that's the thing, though. So, like, in Nick's interview, um, he talked about how, like, during the game, you know, it was easy to, uh, you know, just be cutthroat and... You know, even if you are forming real relationships, it's a, because you, at the end of the day, you don't, you haven't known them that long. Um, but these people have built relations, real, you know, friendships outside of the game, and they're carrying that with them into the game. So, I mean, I guess Sandra could also have built a more proper relationship with Tyson outside the game, but if Rob and Tyson are, you know, buddy buddy then you know you don't you know i don't think you just kind of screw over your one of your best friends wives like that you know so i don't i don't know i think it's going to be a little bit harder to break uh because the relationships are more real and deeper so i don't know i'm i'm excited to see though yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. That's that's one of the hugest things that you had to kind of just kind of see because some of these some of these returnee seasons the pregame relationships make a have a huge impact like game changers and some of these they don't end up having any impact or it actually hurts people in the game because they try to hold true to those uh, pre-game relationships when really they need to be able to be flexible and adaptable within the game. That's a fair point. That, that's fair. That's fair. So, I don't know. I think if I'm Sandra, first thing I do whenever I get there is immediately try and find a hidden immunity idol. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it would be really smart of her to try and find that find that insurance because i i really do like sandra and i really do want to see her play far into the game because i think she's such a good player um but i think for her to do that she she's got to find something dude i don't know i don't think i mean i i wouldn't I, i don't think i would go in right away and unless i absolutely had to I would I would leave Sandra on the outs like super quickly. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's gonna be an upward hill battle for Sandra coming into this game. I, I really do wanna see Sandra do good because I do love Sandra and her feistiness. But um I th- and I think she knows it too. I think she's she knows that she's got a huge target on her back and it's gonna be upward, you know, upward hill battle for her to make it to the end you know, for a third time. Agreed. Okay, so I think that's pretty much good for Sandra. Let's move on to our fifth person on the DeKal tribe, and that would be Sarah Lacina, the winner of Survivor Game Changers. I've heard that is a really good season. Oh, this is also the chick that Kim was like, or the, the woman that Kim was like, Screw her in it. Yeah. That was like, she plays. What you were talking about earlier. Yeah, she plays too effing hard or whatever. 
Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Explain explain that to me. What does she mean by that? Like, because again, I haven't watched watched that. I feel like this is the whole deal with Sarah Lucina. Sarah played a really strong social and strategic game in Game Changers, and her her key to her game was making intimate connections with people. She took the time to sit down and talk with people, get to know their families, get to know their, you know, she really took the time to find out what was important to them, and she actually kind of used that as part of the strategy, like, a lot, like, a lot of the people that came out of Game Changers, they were like, oh, I, I thought Sarah was my best friend. I thought every one of them was like, oh, I thought Sarah, Sarah was my best friend. She would sit there and she would talk to me and she would be like, oh, just, I can't wait until I get to meet your husband on the, on the family visit. And it's going to be so awesome when I take you there. And, you know, if you win, you can take me and I'll take you and it's going to be awesome. And when, you know, we get to hang out with our families and then she would just turn around and vote them out and they would find out later like, oh, Sarah, she really didn't care about me. She was just playing me the whole time. And I feel like it's a double-edged sword when you play that type of game because it's so effective when you're building those tight relationships with people. But when you're screwing them over and you're having to backstab them, it's like, you know, you're hurting them more than... You know, if you get backstabbed by somebody who you know is against you, that's not going to be as hurtful as, like, the person who you didn't see coming, you know, your best friend or whatever. And so... Yeah, I could... That's what I think Kim is trying to say. Yeah, that that would make me angry. Like, I get... You know, I get, you know, getting to know people for strategy, for strategic, for strategic reasons to build relationships and stuff like that. But if I'm like, if I sit here and I give you my whole life story, you know, the ups and the downs and the tragedies and everything, like, because I think that we're really friends and you really care. And then you turn around and you, you vote me out and you use that trust against me that I you know, placed in you by sharing that stuff with you. Yeah. I, yeah, I would walk away really angry and bitter. So if that's like, and if that was her mindset in doing that, if she felt no remorse for, you know, getting that kind of information out of people, then yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she can go home first. Yeah, for sure. Like that, that's a terrible way to play. I don't think, that's not okay. Like that, I feel like that's crossing the line. If if that's what she did, Sarah's or Sarah's game. She also says that she's the the cop turned criminal in Game Changers, and now she's like the one that's on probation, and she's trying to work her way back into like cop status. And I feel like because of the way she played in Game Changers, a lot of the people see her as a as a, a huge threat because they know that she's going to say whatever, you know, she wants to kind of get in good with them and then kind of use that to kind of backstab them and send them packing. So I feel like she has no trust, like nobody's going to trust her in the game, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, especially if I knew how she played, there's, there's yeah, no way. There's no way. Uh, it's like getting in the bed with the devil. I'm not. I wouldn't do that. 
And yeah, yeah, no, that that makes me angry just thinking <laughs> about it. <laughs> so so I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop thinking about it. <laughs> I feel like when I was like watching her interviews with the ET Canada. I feel like she just seemed really cocky to me. Like she said, like, oh, you know, I played such a masterful game in Game Changers. And I, like, I don't know if it's her being cocky or is it just her being like, you know what? I'm just playing this game without any, you know, like she she mentions in there, that interview that she wants to play fun this time. Like last time it was all business and she was just out there for one thing, one thing only, and that was to win the game. And this time she wants to be able to enjoy her experience. And I don't, in her interview, she either comes out like super cocky, like like she's got this in the bag, or she's just like, you know what, I'm just here to have fun. Yeah. Um. I don't know how you have fun if nobody's going to trust you and you're just going to be on the bottom the whole time. Like, I mean, I wouldn't. Again, again, I would not trust her. I feel like she she is a good player. Like, I feel like she's... She knows how to play the game, and I know I think she knows she's very like strategic and stuff. But when I'm looking at the people who she's played with before, she's played with Sandra before. Which in that interview, she really boasts like, "Oh, everybody thinks Sandra's the best." Well, guess what? I'm the best because I I got Sandra out of the game. And I was like, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> what? That's crazy, dude. Oh, I, yeah. You know what? Actually, actually, if I'm them, if I'm if if the call if, if I'm on the call tribe and we lose, we'll keep Sandra around one one day. But no, goodbye, goodbye, Sarah forever don't ever come back please yeah Thanks. and <laughs> the other person on her tribe she's she played with tony on her first season which she was gone at the merge but um so she does have a connection with tony i don't know if it's a good connection or not after what happened on survivor kageon but um that's just a little connection and um i noticed that in dalton ross's game Obviously, like I said, Kim said that she wanted to vote out Sarah. And also, Michelle wrote down that she wanted to see Sarah gone first. So, that's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I hope that happens. My fingers are crossed for that. <laughs> Dang, like... I, yeah, I... Like, with Nick, like, that. that's just because I think he would be an annoying person. But I can respect the aspects of his game but with this person i genuinely do not think that i would like her at all so i don't yeah all right so let's move on to our sixth player here on the decal tribe and that would be the winner of survivor south pacific sophie clark um she like whenever i watched her interview i she didn't come off as that strong of a player to me. Uh, again, like I haven't watched the season that she's on. I I, I know I keep saying that. <laughs> it's like, what seasons have you watched? <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. Um, she, yeah, I don't I don't see her going very far. Like, 
I don't even... What did she even do? No, well, her thing is that on not one in Survivor, South Pacific, it was her, Coach, Brandon Hance, um, Alpert, and Rancher Rick had a five-person alliance. And that... Uh, then that alliance made it all the way to the end of the game. And so it's another situation kind of like Kim where people say, well, she's never been in a position where she's been down in the numbers or having to having to scramble or be the underdog. Like, you know, her alliance pretty much ran through the game. And, uh, and so she never really had any experience like that. Yeah, but was she the... Was she the head of the alliance? Well, I feel like Coach was more seen as the head of alliance, but I feel like it was because she she purposely kind of held back and let him take the brunt of the thing because it was her, Coach, and Alpert in the final three. And uh, it was the votes were split between her and Coach. And because Coach was kind of like the front man of the group, he got the most of the blowback on, you know, having to blindside people and all that to get their group forward. And so she ended up with a majority of the jury vote in the end. Oh, that's dumb. Like, okay, and I say that, like, again, not to take away from her winning. That's a great accomplishment. And I guess it just comes down to jury management. But if Coach is the one who's running most of the game and is orchestrating all of the big plays then even if he did blindside me i i would you know again game respect game dude i there's no way that i could just give it to somebody who who i would think just kind of passively sat back and let coach just run everything yeah so yeah i don't i don't know we'll see i don't think she's not going to be able to do that again. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of game she actually plays this time. Cause I don't think aside from Amber and Rob, I, I don't think there's going to be at least not that big of a, uh, alliance that stays stable through the whole game. Yeah. I mean, and to go back to the whole like coach running things, I, I don't necessarily think it was coach more, running things as it was it was more of like a group type deal but um i feel like sophie is an underrated player and i feel like she knows that too and i feel like she's again kind of like michelle or like some of or like amber in a way that well people think coach should have won that season or whatever and i feel like you know she has something to prove like oh well most people think that coach should have won that season and and so she has to prove, like, oh, well, you know, my win wasn't just a fluke. Yeah, yeah. Um, We'll see. Hopefully, like, she, you know, because I, I don't want to just talk her down or anything. Hopefully, I, I'd gladly be okay with getting proven wrong. Like, I wouldn't, I, like, if I was in her situation and the opportunity was there, to get the win like that, I wouldn't be mad about it. I won. Like, only, what, 40 people? Not even 40 people? Or 39? Because Sandra won twice? 
yeah, like 38, only 38 people could say that. So, so hopefully, hopefully she'll, she'll get a chance to shine. Like, hopefully, fingers crossed for her, I guess. So, yeah. And for Sophie, I know she's, she's one of the smartest players out there. I know she's super intelligent. Um, I know she knows the game because I know she's been on with Rob on RHAP talking and breaking down the game on several of these seasons. So I know she knows the game. She's a part of the kind of like the wine and cheese alliance over there in New York City where there's a group of them that kind of get together and watch Survivor each week. So I know she's kept up with the game. I know she's been a fan of the game. And uh, I feel like her what was going to happen is that a lot of people are going to um, – kind of underestimate her and i think that that could be a way she could get further in the game but also in that interview with et canada she also she also admits that she's kind of like an introvert and that she's it really takes her some time to be able to open up to people and i feel like that could be her downfall is that if people are out there and they're like well i i'm not really getting much of a feedback on sophie here i don't know if she's with me or not and I feel like they're going to see her as like maybe a wild card and they want to eliminate the wild card and get rid of her. I don't know. Like the feeling I get from her is that she'll make merge pretty easily. I think, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, like, like I said, like when I watched the interview, I didn't get the feeling of, yeah, she comes off as a very dominant player. Um, so, uh, Again, hopefully, I'm proven wrong. That'll be because I like I like good, strong competitors, and if the season's full of them, then it's going to be just that much more fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Maybe she'll be able to like orchestrate some stuff behind the scenes, but I think she pretty easily makes it to merge. I don't know. She like she again, unless she. Just this is just the feeling I get from watching her talk and stuff. Uh, I feel like she'll she could possibly be that person that people just bring to the end, uh, that third person who nobody's really going to vote for because they didn't play a good game. That's the feeling I get just from watching her uh, in that interview. So, you know, she could end up being a dark horse. I feel like for her, you know, she really needs to step up and play a strong strategic game but it would have to be like later on i feel like go ahead let people underestimate her kind of let her get through you know through the merge and then once you get far enough in the game starts turning up that that stra- uh, the strategy and the strategic game and then you know start making some moves to make yourself to the end yeah but like if last season's anything to go off of you know, that didn't really do much for Dean. Um, he, you know, he played a really, really strong game at the end, and he just kind of glided through. And everybody else was like, no, Tommy did it better, you know. And, again, if with this being um, Edge of Extinction, and I'm very doubtful, unless injuries happen, that anybody's going to go home and since, which means that the whole cast will pretty much get to be the jury. Um, unless they change something with the rules. Um, 
that so that means everybody's going to be around to get to see that uh so i don't know it'll it'll be interesting i think that way of playing is again if anything from last season is to go off of is uh slowly dying like i don't think that's as viable as it used to be yeah and i i think it also depends on who she's sitting next to in the end i think that type of game can could, yeah. could you know with the right sort of people you could win it just depends and i feel like she could be a dark horse in this game but you know and I, I think she's gonna make the merge because i think like you know sophie as a survivor winner and stuff like not a people like she's highly underrated and i feel like Who's who's gonna gun after Sophie when you know you got a ton of other huge targets to get rid of? So I feel like she should be good early on in the game, and I feel like she's gonna make it into the merge, and then from there it's gonna be up to her to, to make the moves that she needs to make to to the finale. Yeah, we will see. All right, so. Let's go ahead and we'll talk about the seventh player here on the Decal Tribe, and that would be none other than the winner of Survivor Kageon, Tony Velachos. You just like saying his last name, don't you? Yeah, I do love saying his name. I just love Tony in general because Tony is a guaranteed entertainment. When he's on the TV screen, you're going to know he's there because he's going to say something crazy. He's going to do something crazy. But I think this time he's smart enough to kind of like uh, he like he wants to try to dial it down from what I get from the interviews and stuff. So, and and Tony is known as like his survivor win in Kageon is known as maybe one of the most chaotic survivor wins you know in the history of the game because you know he was flip flopping he was all these crazy things doing all these crazy things he had building spy shacks he was finding idols and he had his bag of tricks that he brought with him full of idols and stuff so you know he's so crazy he's speaking llama and uh that's that's why i love tony he's (laughs) speaking llama is that what you said yep that's what i said holy okay so what you're telling me is he's kind of a upgraded nora (laughs) is that accurate I don't know if I would necessarily compare him to Nora, but uh, he's definitely well, just, a character, the, just, if anything. Just the crazy is what I mean. Not not the game he played. Yeah, maybe on the crazy level. But I think he's he's like wanting to kind of dial it down a little bit, which is that's that's what he's going to have to do because if he comes out there like he did with Game Changers and starts, you know. Like the moment they stepped on the beach, he was like shot out into the woods saying that he was going to go find an idol. Like he, he did it jokingly, but it was like, oh, Tony's going to go look for an idol. And he's he's known for finding idols. Um, and one thing that's held against him for his win in Survivor Kageon is that he actually found an idol that um, everybody calls the Tyler Perry idol. It's the idol that can be played after the votes have been cast. So if he had, or after the votes have been read, so if, say, he had seven votes against him and somebody else only had two, 
you know, even if he had the votes to be sent home, he had that Tyler Perry idol, bam, he's safe, and the next person goes home. And so that was like over, like overpowered idol. Yeah, that sounds pretty cheap. But with that said, I don't. Okay, so I get why people would be upset about that. But he was just playing within the rules of the game that Survivor set. So, it's, you know, you can't really blame him for that, yep. uh, I don't think. Again, it's, it's definitely cheap. Um, but so I, I would argue that Chris coming back from um, Edge of Extinction that late in the game is also cheap. So Yep, there's a lot of those situations like that and, and, and once we get to talking about Ben there's another situation there that's very similar to that as well but um yeah Tony this time around you know he won his first game in Kageon and then went out I think he was the second one voted out of Survivor Game Changers and in his interviews with ET Canada he said that he he wanted to bring it back to how he played in Survivor Kageon. And then, back then, he was just kind of winging it. He was playing it situational. You know, he was. He says he wants to play the player, not the game. And he don't want to go in it with ideas of what to do. Like, oh, I need to do this and I need to do that. Because he says that it really got to his head and it really threw him off once he got into the game of Game Changers. And I feel like that's very smart of him to do, you know, take a step back, find out what, how he was so successful in Kageon and take it back to that and calm down. Don't act so crazy and kind of build connections with people. I don't like, okay, so it's, it's very easy to say that you're going to change. So best of luck to him. Uh, I think it's, probably going to be a little bit harder than he thinks um but hey you know we'll see and like th that kind of game i don't feel like i can respect uh like just because me as a person i i just can't fly by the seat of my pants the whole time you know i get that sometimes life throws you curveballs and you know in the game that that would happen but just uh I don't know, like, it, it doesn't sound like his idea of a strategy is very, it's a very good strategy. Um, I don't know that I would even call it a strategy, because it doesn't sound like he has anything really planned. So, that, that would, so yeah, he seems like a loose cannon. I don't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want him on, in my alliance if that's how he's going to play. Like, if he's, if he's like Nora and just sits there and like questions, you know, what the whole alliance has, you know, pretty well come to, you know, like this is what we're going to do. And somebody gets to make a play on him like Dean did on Nora last season because of how not set in stone she was acting. Then I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I would, I, I couldn't play with Tony. I don't, at least not from what you've said of him. Yeah, I, I, the thing about Tony is that he's crazy, but he's kind of like the genius kind of crazy, where, you know, he he just comes up with these plans and these crazy ideas, and it somehow it like works for him, you know. So when I'm 
I'm taking a look at who he has connections with here on this tribe. And he has played with Sarah before in Kageon. And he has played with Sandra before in Game... Well, he's played with Sarah in both of his previous seasons, Kageon and Game Changers. And he played in with Game Changers with uh, Sandra. So, I don't know if these are... Did Sandra are... vote him out? Yes, Sandra did vote Tony out of the game. Um, but I don't know if hmm. t- if Tony really kind of holds that against her, you know. I feel like he's he's smart enough to know that, hey, you know, if I have to work with Sandra, then, you know, the past is the past, and, you know, we're both huge targets in this game. Just his game in, in Survivor Kageon has put such a huge target on his back, and it's so crazy to think, you know, that, that one game did that, but I guess it's the same way with, you know, Kim Spradlin as well, that that one game has just boom, put a huge target on him. But it comes down to whether or not Sandra wants to work with him. And, I mean, she might, just considering how people are going to view Sandra. So, I I feel for Sandra if that's who she has to make an alliance with because that that seems like it could be really annoying. Just strategy-wise, he seems like he could be really annoying to, to deal with, but... I don't know. I think it would benefit Sandra more than it would Tony uh, if they made an alliance together. So, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see. I I love Tony, and I want him to go as far as he as he can. I hope he goes as far as you know as possible. But it's gonna be another game. He's got a huge target on his back. It's an uphill battle. Um, yeah, and we're just gonna have to you know see if he can pull it off. So let's get into our next player here on the Decal Tribe, and that's going to be Tyson Apostle, the winner of Survivor Blood vs. Water. Um, so I watched this dude's interview, and <laughs> honestly, I was legitimately impressed with him. Like, you know, I he, you know, I could see people being like, yeah, he came came off kind of overconfident but something about it didn't come off cocky to me like like i believe him when he says that he thinks he can win the game like i don't know why but he i I get i get a good feeling about tyson i think um when we do the draft for uh survivor at work if he doesn't get taken (laughs) <laughs> by anybody i i think i'm definitely going to scoop this man up i i don't know i don't know why but i i maybe it's his last name you know, I, <laughs> you know the last name of fossil that sounds pretty cool yeah. <laughs> but i don't know i'm i'm looking forward to watching tyson play yeah tyson is so hilarious and for you know for him being you know, as funny and hilarious as he is, he is a strategic game player in the game of Survivor. And that's something that, that's how he tries to deflect some of his threat level is through his humor and the crazy things that he does and says. Um, one thing that I think Tyson has going for him, like this is going to be his fourth time playing the game. And each time he's played the game, he's got to experience 
all sides of Survivor. His first season, he made it to the merge and then got voted out, so he got to experience what it's like to be on the jury. Then in Heroes vs. Villains, he, you know, he did one of the dumbest moves in Survivor, where he essentially voted himself out of the game um, and got voted uh, out. Please explain. All right, so this please is explain that, please. This is the vote where there was there was a point in Heroes versus Villains where they they had a six person alliance against a three person alliance, and the six person alliance knew that the one that Russell Hance in the three person alliance had a hidden immunity idol, and they wanted to flush it out. So Boston Rob came up with the brilliant idea, like, hey, why don't we just split the votes? Three, you know, three of us vote for Russell, so to flush his idol out, and the rest of us and the other three vote for poverty, and so that way, and then those, whoever those three will vote for, will vote for one of us, and then it'll just be a three, three, three split, and and then once we have to re-vote, we'll all just group back together and vote for, you know, poverty or Russell or whoever, if he doesn't ever play the, if he doesn't play the idol. And so what happened was Tyson was supposed to vote for Russell and Russell came Mm -hmm. up to Tyson and he was like, Hey, you know, I'm like poverty. She's a lost cause. I'm just going to vote for poverty. I'm not going to vote, you know, for one of y'all. And he tricked Tyson into thinking that he was going to vote for poverty and so Tyson was like, well, why wrote for Russell? I'm going to dump my vote on poverty and send her home. Well, Russell, then that well, that way, there was four votes on to poverty and only two on Russell. And then those three had uh, voted for Tyson. So Russell stood up and played his idol for poverty, which knocked out her four votes and then Russell only had two votes, and then those three had three votes on to Tyson, and he got sent home. That, I would be big mad. (laughs) Holy crap. Just, like, honestly, just hearing that, just hearing that makes me respect Russell even more. Honestly, one of the best players to never (laughs) win. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah, that was one of the craziest moments, and like it was. I mean, if he had just stuck to the plan, it would have been guaranteed. And then after that happened, Boston Rob was sent home, and all that. So that was a huge point in the game. But then after that, you know, the dumb move, he got invited back to Blood versus Water, and I felt like you know he had something to prove, and he came back and he took it all. He won. Um, so he's got to experience all these different um, sides of Survivor. So he knows what it's like to be down in the numbers. He knows what it likes to, you know, what it's like to be blindsided and to go out early and to make the merge and to win the game. And so he has all this experience heading into Survivor 40 that a lot of these one-time players don't have. Yeah, um, I was also impressed with the fact that in the season that he won, uh, he was willing to go to rocks. Like that, that's pretty ballsy. Um, 
And I think that's the that's the kind of, you know, gumption, if you will, that you need to have for this uh this kind of season. Yeah, exactly. He's he's very smart in that he knows probabilities and um he knows like he he's able to weigh out the pros and the cons, like, oh well if I do this then this is this is gonna be the what I'm going to get out of it, but if I do it that way, then this is what's going to happen. And so he was able to, he said, like, it only in a few seconds was had to make a huge decision. And, yeah, he decided to go to rocks, and that's, you know, that's what helped him keep his alliance and go all the way to the end and win the game. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Tyson play. Um, Hopefully nobody else decides to, <laughs> draft him if I don't uh, get a chance to in our little draft. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny when he was talking about how uh, <laughs> about the family visit thing, about how he he was the one that got this <laughs> family visit yeah. thing together, and then they were like, "Oh crap!" They extended it to everybody else. <laughs> yeah, well, he says that, but um. What's his face, son? I guess he's a little bit older than a four-year-old. Uh, got to come last season. Oh yeah, Dan's kid. I wasn't gonna say his name, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sh- he should he he who should not be named or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. So I do have <laughs> high hopes for Tyson. I do want to see him make it all the way to the end. He is a part of. Uh, Rob has a podcast. Uh, he podcasts with Rob each week on News AF, where him and Rob and Danny talk about all kinds of crazy news stories in the week. So I get to, you know, hear him on there, and he's just hilarious. And I really hope he does uh, well in this game. And he's he's also one of them, one of the people I met in person in Reno. So and he was a super cool guy. And uh, he was the reason why I got to go up there and get to be actually on the podcast uh, at the Survivor Know-It-Alls at Run It Up Reno. So um, I just I have high hopes for him, and I hope he does well. You know, I'm 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 starting to see a pattern, Josh. Um, we both like players whose names start with the letter T, uh, and. If you draft Tommy or uh, Tyson, excuse me, uh, before I do, I'm going to be really upset. I just want you to know that. Yeah, it's all going to come down to the roll or the uh, the pick order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Random.org, please come through for me. All right, let's get into our ninth player here on the Decal Tribe, and that would be Wendell Holland, the winner of Survivor Ghost Island. What's your thoughts on Wendell? Um, I don't have any particular thoughts on Wendell. Um, again, that was one one of the interviews I didn't get to watch, so I didn't haven't really got an impression of him. So, uh, yeah. So you can carry this part, and I'll ask questions, friend. <laughs> okay, so Wendell's game. Is you know he's physical and he's social. I feel like he's his his main strength is his social game. Like everybody loves Wendell. Wendell's that guy who jokes around. He's a furniture maker, um, so he he's 
made a lot of things for the tribe. He talks about making puzzles and games and different things for the tribe. And so people just like instantly draw to him and they, they you know, they like the guy. And um, he's very strong in the puzzles because, you know, he's a furniture maker and he's good with his hands and he's able to, I, I remember in Ghost Island him being a very, very strong at the puzzles. And, um, you know, what I would love to see for this season is to see a showdown between the top two puzzle people. In my opinion, you have Wendell and you have Boston Rob as the, like the best puzzle people. And I would love to see a con and, and they're on different tribes. So this could happen where we see a puzzle showdown between Wendell and Boston Rob. And I would love to see, uh, who would come out on top. That does sound really fun. Also, he sounds very handy around camp. Like, first day, be like, Wendell, build yep. us a hut. Well, good. I'm glad there's actually, which I guess last season, there were people that were good at puzzles. I don't know. Like, I, I've, I really, really appreciate people who are good at puzzles because i feel like that's where people are the most lacking when it comes to survivor in general and as far as challenges goes so i i, I appreciate that i'm glad that he's good at puzzles yeah and puzzles are usually like you usually have the physical part at first and it's always like the puzzle is like the ender so that is this like the most critical part of a challenge is that very last you know the puzzle the mental challenge and exactly in in his interviews this time you know he played a very clean honest game and uh and he really didn't have to do much backstabbing at all um he had an alliance with dom with dominic and laurel and Donathan, and he took that uh, that alliance pretty much kind of just ran through the game, so he really didn't have a chance for that. Now, in in this interview, he mentions that he wants to play a more dirty game. That he wants to be able to uh, or to get some of these idols and backstab somebody. And I just I hope he doesn't get too caught up in that because he can. I feel like. If you get too caught up in that, you can get caught, and then you're going to put yourself in a bad position within the tribe. Yeah, yeah. Again, though, like, it's like what I was saying with uh, Tony. It's, like, it's easy to say that, like, going in to it, but, like, actually changing your character um, is is difficult. So... I don't think it will be too much of a worry, or at least it shouldn't be, unless he's just like, every single second of every single day, he's like, okay, how can I backstab somebody? Yeah. How can I be a jerk right now? How can I, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that will be that big of a deal. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I was going to ask is, has he only played in ghost island has he not come back before any other seasons well ghost island was season 37 no 36 yeah it was season 36 so he was he's a recent win winner he's the second most recent winner 
um, other than Nick Wilson. So, yeah, that's another thing is that he's uh, one of these recent winners. He's still fresh in the minds of some of these other Survivor winners, and he hasn't had that much time to build, like, outside relationships with any of the other players. And so it's going to be interesting to see you know, how he does in this game. I feel like a lot of people, they just love Wendell. So um, I don't see anybody, you know, coming after him right away. And I feel like he's at least going to make the merge. And, um, yeah, we're just going to have to see. Do you think him and Nick team up? I think it could be a possibility because they are the new kids on the block and they have to kind of have each other's back. I can see that happening. Okay. Okay. And in that um, Dalton Ross thing where he told them to like write down who they wanted to vote out first, he wrote down Boston Rob just because he said that you know we need to get him out early enough to before he gets momentum because he knows if Boston Rob has any momentum, you know he could make a deep run in the game. So, but Boston Rob is not on his starting tribe so um i don't know if that's gonna bear fruit or not hmm. uh, he's not wrong in wanting boston rob out first yeah yeah i think that's that's like you know kudos to him for being able to see the threat level that is boston rob <laughs> yeah so. i'm excited to see wendell play this game um i do I, I really like wendell i would like to see him do well and uh yeah we're just going to see all right and last last but, but not certainly least, not least we have the one and only yul kwan the winner of survivor cook islands is that how you say his last name yeah yul kwan uh, uh, yeah okay because i was gonna say just one like the K was silent or something. Uh, did you have a chance to um, watch his interview? No, but I really, really wanted to. Like, I, I mean, I, again, I don't, I don't want to just presume, um, what this dude is like or anything. But I really appreciate like just Asian culture in general. Um, so just. Like, that fact alone uh, makes me interested in him as a person. Just, like, I'm, you know, because I'm curious to see if uh, if he brings that culture to a Survivor and if it's going to get put on display and, I, you know, get to see it, you know, on TV, like, here in America and, and all that. So... Like I'm, I'm excited to watch your play. Um, I'm very curious of him as a person. So, what, what, what did he say and all that? Well, here's the thing with Yule that in his season, Cook Islands, they didn't never tell them the theme of their season until they were already out there on, you know, at Ponderosa before the game started, like a few days before the game started. And then that season is a highly controversial theme where they divided the tribes by race. And he was a part of the Asian tribe. And he knew, like, oh, oh. yeah. He oh. was. 
He was like, whoops, yeah, this is not. Survivor. Yeah, he was Survivor, like. Survivor, what you doing, man? <laughs> he's like, this is not good. Like, he, he wanted to quit before starting the game because he's like, I don't want to be associated with this. But he. Yeah. He said, like, growing up, there was not a lot of, like, one of his reasons for playing was that he wanted to help have some kind of representation for, you know, the Asian culture on TV. And so he was like, all right, let me do this. But he he said he felt kind of constricted with um, with what he wanted to do because he, he had the weight of having to represent whole culture um with his game that he was playing with Cook Islands. And he feels like liberated this time around because he's not having to have that weight to bear. And um, so he's really excited to see what how he's going to play this game without that kind of with him this time. What kind of game did he play? Yeah, he played a very strong game. Um, the one thing that's kind of against him is that he had one of those Tyler Perry idols where, um, and you can't really you can't really blame him for it because that's just how the game uh, mechanics were that season. Um, where he had that idol and he used it to his advantage. He was there was a point where he had to sway Jonathan Penner to go with him and he was like listen i have this idol you could try to come after me but even if you do you can't send me home so why you know why even do it and um that's wild (laughs) he just he was like you know what i'm just gonna let it all hang out there (laughs) and um, oh man that okay i will say though that having that having that kind of attitude probably isn't very helpful because like, yeah, you got that. So all they have to do is, you know, split the vote, flush that out. And then if you're carrying that kind of attitude around, then, you know, just vote you out the next time if you don't win, uh, individual immunity. Yeah. I mean, it worked out for him in the end and he never even had to use that idol, but, um, yeah, Yulquan, he's considered to be probably one of the smartest um, Survivor players out there. I know a lot of the other Survivor players that were talking and in their interviews were talking about how you know smart Yul is and you know he's very likable. And I feel like the game that Yul played in Cook Islands was that he came off very trustworthy and you you know, you could trust him. And, and I feel like that's going to transfer into this game and people are going to be willing to work with him. Like, I feel like people are going to seem like, Oh, he's trustworthy. I can trust him and I can work with him other than say like Sarah Lucina, which she's going to come in the game and people are going to be like, I can't trust her, you know? So I feel like he's set up to do well in the game and he's just a likable person. And I'm excited to see how, how he's going to do, and I hope he does well in the game. Well, hopefully so. Um, does he have any particular strengths that you would say? Like, was he particularly good at challenges, or was it pure social game, or what? I think it, you know, he's, he is strong in the social game. People love him. I think he's very strong strategically as, like, thinking out the game, 
uh, and what moves to make. You know, he is physical too. He's a very physical, strong player. Um, so he is an overall, uh, overall strong player in the game. And I feel like for him, he doesn't have that many connections in the game. The only person he played with is Poverty, which um, she's on the other tribe. So he's going to come in like almost like a free agent in a, in a sense. Hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds like that should be fun to watch. Um, yeah. I, uh, again, I, <laughs> I apologize to anybody listening that I haven't um, watched every single episode of Survivor ever. But one day, one day I will, I will do it, and I will be more knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah, we need to get you that CBS All Access. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> hey, I mean, if we if we do that thing that we were talking about during in betweens, then we can I can catch up pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, one one interesting thing, um, one last thing about Yule is that for his person that he would like to see voted out first he actually put tyson's name down um i can't think off of my head why no. he voted for tyson but yeah he wrote down tyson's name no you'll you can't no i no. yeah i think it was because he <laughs> said that tyson was well connected and that he knew that he that tyson played poker with boston rob and all that so all right. Well, I mean that's fair, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, can't come after Tyson. So that that rounds out the Takah tribe. Yeah, no, two hours we have been talking about this. <laughs> I have one last question for you that I thought would be a good a uh, good question to round out the Takah tribe, if the Takah tribe happens to be the tribe that loses the first immunity challenge who do you think is going to be the first one going home you know i was thinking of asking you the same question so i'm looking forward to your answer as well okay so i i really so personality wise and from the type of person that they have presented themselves to be i really hope it's sarah um, but I really think it'll be Sandra. Like that's that's my honest uh, opinion on who would go home. Cause Amber wants her gone. I think Kim could possibly team up with her. Um, I think Nick. I th yeah, I think Nick would probably want to team up with Boston Rob more than Sandra. Um, Sarah, I feel like she'll. She's like, you know, just do whatever. I think she'd be down. Sophie, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I think Sophie would team up with Sandra or not. Tony, I don't, I, I could see him teaming up with Sandra just purely because Sandra needs numbers. I think Tyson is going to go with Amber. And I think Wendell and you are smart enough to see that uh, not that everybody else there isn't smart and see that Sandra's a threat, but I think they'll be like, yeah, it, she probably needs to go. So I think it's Sandra. I don't, 
I would be surprised unless she found a hidden immunity idol. Um, that's because that that's that's who she would be who I would vote for. Her or Sarah, but probably Sandra. If I'm thinking purely, purely gameplay, it would be Sandra. So, what about you? Well, I'm right there with you. That's who I was going to say. I was thinking about it earlier when I was doing, you know, going through all the interviews and doing all the notes and stuff. I was thinking, you know, who would be the first person out? And I, I, I narrowed it down to Sandra or Sarah. And I think that, you know, I think it could be either one of them but i think more than likely it could be sandra just because they would want to keep sarah for the physicality for the challenges over sandra um that's that's where i'm leaning well uh you know what they say great minds think alike (laughs) exactly (laughs) all right so i guess that will do it for us for this part um for our cast assessment of the decal tribe the next time you hear from us, we will be doing the cast assessment for the Sealay tribe or the Blue tribe. And, um, yeah, any final thoughts? Thanks for listening. Yep, thanks for listening. Don't forget <laughs> to subscribe and comment and all that good stuff in iTunes and all the other stuff. Um, and we will see you next time on the Survivor Analyst Podcast. Yeah. If you enjoy, chat it around. Bye. See ya.